Anyway, back on, back on task. <laughs> How evil is Jerry Jones? <laughs> An in-depth investigation that's mostly just wild hypothesizing. Evil enough that he passively scares me. <laughs> that's pretty evil. I'd say that's pretty evil. I'm editing my podcast because I'm scared of Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> everybody this is all sports are bad i am patrick on the internet and i am jake whipple so um we live in a sort of new world than we did it's... the last time we did a podcast it seems improved i was worried for a little while it was going to be worse again um because that's just sort of how the trend lines have run for a while but yeah yeah uh we do the the cheeto no longer has a uh, twitter account and no longer it's president i don't know which one of those things he's more mad about i would uh, probably the twitter one because if he right. wasn't if he wasn't if he still wasn't president but could tweet angrily about it he'd probably get that little dopamine hit of uh of whatever it is he's trying to do over there all the time that dopamine hit of everyone yelling at him all the time <laughs> every he time just, he says something i think he just likes it when people pay attention to him i don't think there's anything else to it yeah yeah makes sense i'm glad he's gone me too gone I, I haven't really thought about him in like a week yeah it's wild it's wild the only reason why we're bringing him up is because he's in the notes yeah, and that's only just... to talk about how it's we it just feels uh, kind of cool that he's gone it's a little it's a little relieving like it's a little yeah. bit like ah this is actually an improvement that's nice it's nice that something got kind of better for once yeah i'm glad that the guy who is the leader of the country i live in who is also the guy who dog whistles me every single day <laughs> isn't the leader of the country anymore it's <laughs> like yeah. they're just on a baseline level that's like hey yeah that's a that's an upgrade also, just watching, like, the whole Trump alt-right sort of get destroyed by just, like, the basic machinations of democracy was kind of fun. Yeah. Just the fact that a new president got sworn in undid several conspiracy theories just by happening, which yeah. is kind of funny, you know? It was funny to drink tears, to drink yeah. those tears. Uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of nice. speaking of tears, uh, <laughs> Kurt Schilling... <laughs> did not get into the hall of fame which is awesome it's it's really funny to me he didn't miss the hall by that much i guess like what was it, it was like, a one percent yeah good which is only like God. four votes or something good um, lord yeah like he, he, we almost had to like let kurt schilling get up on a stage with a microphone oh. and say kurt schilling things which is uh. one of the worst possible outcomes of the world like yeah, I don't without without like trying to get into the debate about whether or not Kurt Schilling should be in the Hall of Fame for baseball reasons. It doesn't that doesn't actually matter because letting him talk to people and giving him a platform is objectively a bad thing. Right? Yeah, don't let the Nazi into the Hall of Fame. I know he wouldn't be the first Nazi, but hey, no. let's just not let Nazis into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Let's like actively not let them into the Hall of Fame. I think that's a pretty good stance and maybe baseball should consider next year except he's going to be on the fucking ballot again so yeah if you have a vote don't vote for him 
I don't think I don't think he'll get elected. Like I think there's finally enough people who are just gonna not like just be like no fuck this dude. Um, it is hilarious to me that he was like, well, you know, I'm just gonna ask you to take me off the ballot, and we'll and maybe someday someone who actually knows about baseball will recognize my greatness. <laughs> Even though I would say I don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but other people who are smart will think that. So, oh my god, I st- I'm the bloody sock was fake. Bloody sock was fake. <laughs> Kurt Schilling's a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm. I'm not basing that on any real information, other than I just don't like Kurt Schilling, and I think it's funny <laughs> that, that the idea that he would fake it. Which yeah, is, it's sure, it makes perfect sense it. to me Why that would, he would. Yeah. yeah, it makes sure fine. Um, he's yeah, a he's piece just... of shit in everything else about his life. Why not lie about the bloody sock? Why not just it fucking ketchup sock? Well, Kurt Schilling's like this really sort of fucked up barometer for like how voters think because they're talking. You know, guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are like, well, the character clause. We can't really let this guy in. And then Kurt Schilling, like, actively encourages sedition of the U.S. government. It was like, well, you really got to look at him purely as a baseball player. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of, like, baseball writers have a way of telling on themselves a lot. And one of the tells is kind of not related to this, but kind of related. Um, With the ongoing labor disputes in baseball, it's always funny. You can tell which baseball writers are kind of just, you know, pro-corporate shills um because they refer they they refer to it they come at the topic from a neutral position from a position of neutrality like it's like they talk about it like it's a both sides thing like it's like oh the owners and the players need to come together on and again it's like well well you see the players are actively being oppressed by the owners, like aggressively. I don't know if you've seen free agency before as a baseball <laughs> writer, <laughs> but um, things are bad for players right now. And it, it really is on the owners to decide, hey, maybe we should start um, treating our players better because they're trying to destroy their players union. Yeah. So well, maybe it's not really a... Uh, uh, it's not really a, uh, a, a, a responsible reporting to come at it from a from a perspective of neutrality because it's no. clearly one side is evil and the other <laughs> side's like I'd like to survive <laughs> as a baseball player. <laughs> yeah, they, you don't have to look any further than especially like the way baseball treats the minor league system and just to see like how awful they are to everyone involved whenever they can get away with it, like. You know, yeah. like, didn't they pass? They passed a law basically exempting uh, minor league baseball players from labor laws and like minimum wage requirements. Um, yeah, because I think they called it the Spirit of the Game Act or something, which is Jesus. <laughs> Just that's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like they're is... tapping into like baseball's like. Um fetishization of like nostalgia and like team spirit and aw shucks baseball bullshit you know Mm -hmm. that and you know using it to actively oppress your labor force yeah fun yeah (laughs) ew baseball's bad still if you guys haven't (laughs) (laughs) still still bad and we'll talk we can talk more about how bad and why um and i'm sure we will because 
We have a whole spring ahead of us (laughs) and a summer. (laughs) What do you think we're going to talk about? (laughs) It's going to be a lot of baseball sucks. Um, And it does. It's, it's bad. Um, But that's okay, I guess. Um, So like the big, the big story, which is sort of funny that this has taken over as the main story of um, this particular news cycle, given the Super Bowl is next week is that uh, the Texans, the Houston Texans, have completely alienated Deshaun Watson um, spectacularly and seeming irreparably. Um, yeah. So the basics there are the Texans fired their general manager and their head coach. Deshaun Watson wanted to be involved in the search for the replacements for those people. Then he wasn't, and he's pretty pissed off about it. Um one of the funniest things about that whole thing to me is that in the search for their new general manager, um, the Texans brought in an external firm to make recommendations for the hire, then ignored the recommendations and picked someone who the firm didn't even consider a viable option, um, which is really something, especially considering uh, how bad their management has been up to this point. Um who was the guy who was there before? Bill O'Brien? Yeah. 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 Who traded um traded uh DeAndre Hopkins for a sandwich. Yeah. They <laughs> ru- ruined the NFC West <laughs> just because he wanted to. <laughs> it's like it's hard to know if he was trolling the league or he just actually didn't know any better. Like <laughs> Yeah. You'd think that Cardinals fans would embrace the general manager that created their current situation where they basically have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. They just didn't think it would be another team's general manager <laughs> they'd have to embrace. <laughs> they thought it would be their guy. <laughs> but it's like, no, it's really just... The Houston Texans just gave him away for fun to see what would happen. And yeah, and this isn't the first time they've really like mistreated their star players right not at all no not at all um andre johnson um after the news broke went went out and basically just said you can't trust this team they suck they've always been like this they've been like this forever um arian foster then jumped out and like like doubled down deandre hopkins agreed as well on uh, twitter and jj watt who is maybe no longer the best defensive lineman in the league, but is still like one of the best and probably the second best player on the Texans is also visibly upset with the franchise. Like every, every player who's ever been on the Texans and been any good has gone, has publicly trashed them in the last couple of weeks over all of this. The JJ Watt one is like the weirdest one to me. Cause he's like the, the weirdo who like kind of, I don't know. he, he does he says all of the corporate things you're supposed to say and i I don't know if i should call him a weirdo but you know it it kind of is weird to me anytime someone is (laughs) the corporate version of a human being you know and and yeah for jj watt to to have visibly be annoyed at his organization is uh kind it kind of speaks volumes when someone who is basically a glass of milk (laughs) (laughs) decides to start uh throwing a fit a little bit yeah a Uh, glass of two percent milk and an oatmeal cookie is pissed off at you (laughs) an oatmeal raisin cookie (laughs) who's 
very good at, at, at pass rushing. Very good. Yeah, pass extremely rushing. good. Extremely good at pass. Fantastic. Rushing. Yes. Um, did you actually, sidebar? Did you ever see the uh, the uh, game show the Watt Brothers hosted? Tag. No. What? What are you talking <laughs> about? Why am I hearing about <laughs> this just now? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like they they decided to st- have a game show that was like extreme tag, and they brought in like all these parkour athletes to be the professional taggers and chase these other people around this <laughs> arena with obstacles. And, and that seems to pull awesome. Flags off of them. It's really stupid. I love it. <laughs> I kind of I miss bars because that would have been a show that I would have watched at a bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like and every like all they they all had gimmicks and shit. There was one guy who was the caveman who would like run around and like do caveman yells and wore like a fur. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So this is like Legends of the Hidden Temple kind of and yeah, like Double of. Dare, but like it's just tag, but not like the movie tag because that was a piece of shit. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like the uh, yeah. All right. I mean, that sounds like a cool show. I honestly, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was very, very stupid. A um, much, and and uh, like if you're a if you're a producer of game shows, it's a much more lucrative business than an NFL team shunning its best <laughs> player for no reason. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot safer too. <laughs> Why do that? Why do that? Especially a dude you gave a no trade clause to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like so there's so yeah so deshaun is now uh, uh uh reportedly officially requested a trade um which doesn't like so it's incredibly rare in the nfl to see players who are this good and this young end up like on a trading block like it just doesn't happen very much um the last one i remember who last player i remember who was um comparable sort of in talent level and in, you know, relation to his prime is Khalil Mack um, being traded yeah. from Oakland to Chicago when John Gruden came over. Um, and that, but that was really just like John Gruden decided to trade his best defensive player for literally no reason. Yeah. Um, he, he does that a lot. Yeah. Like he did, he did that with a uh, Keyshawn Johnson <laughs> right yeah. when he got to uh, Tampa I don't know, like, prove a point or something. I don't know why he does things like this. John Gruden's not good. People have to stop saying that he's good. He he was not very good. He, he I guess John Gruden's whole thing was he got lucky with um, Rich Gannon once yeah. and has been riding that to success the whole time. Then he inherited a Tampa team that didn't need him and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's about right. The best, the best piece of criticism I saw of that uh, Khalil Mack trade, because he got back, like, I think a first-round pick and, like, a future second-round pick for him. And uh, the, uh, the, the case I saw was, like, you, get, you trade a guy for a first-round pick hoping that that pick will turn into, say, Khalil Mack, who you already have. Yeah. I mean, so. to speak to, like, how good Deshaun Watson is as a quarterback – um, you can look at his advanced metrics, which, like, he he is a top five quarterback according to Football Outsiders, D Y A R. I'm gonna call it D R. I don't know if that's how they D-R. say it. I'm D R because it sounds like I'm a pirate when I say it. But um, D R. It is. It is. It is kind of an all encompassing um, 
metric and one of the things that all the top five players have in common with this particular metric is that they're all in good offensive systems. Deshaun Watson is the only one who is not in a good offensive system. So for someone to outplay their offensive system and still wind up on a metric like this that um, will severely, severely limit your odds of get, being high on a, on a rankings list if you are in a bad offense. Um, yeah. For him to do that despite despite being in a bad offense means that he's probably like a top two quarterback. Like yeah. he's probably closer to closer to Patrick Mahomes than one would expect. Earlier this week, Stephen A. Smith had a sound clip and I'm sad that I heard it, but also <laughs> just anytime, just in general, that's evergreen. I'm sad that I heard it, um, but I'm kind of not because it was like he, he mentioned something about, how if you swap Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes' situation, Deshaun Watson would be in the same situation that Patrick Mahomes is in, saying that he's basically an equal. And at first I was like, come on, dude. Like, this is one of the best. Like, we're seeing something great. But then I thought about it, and I was like, God, Stephen A. Smith has a point, and I hate that. Yeah. And then I immediately forgot about it until literally this moment. <laughs> yeah, like, with, with Mahomes, because Mahomes is consensus the best quarterback in the NFL, both based on, like, just if you were going to say who the best one is because of, you know, football, or if you were going to uh, make a case based on metrics, like it's Mahomes across the board. But he's got so many weapons, too. Like, you look at the tools around him, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Tyreek Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, like just those three guys right there. Those are enormous offensive tools. And... Um, it's which is not to take anything away from Mahomes, but sure as shit helps to be throwing at players like that, you know. Um, yeah. It just the more the more guys you have who can break plays and break games, like even just Kelsey and Hill on their own, like that's gonna that's gonna make your quarterback better, you know. Yeah. It, there's a lot of interweaving here, like, and now you have uh, Watson who's number five, and I couldn't name a single. I don't, yeah, I don't think I can name one um, skill position player for the Texans. Yeah, I can't. And I never Googled it, and I'm not going to. I'm just going to sit there. I don't really care. That, that he did this, with, uh, he, he did this without, without Hopkins. That's really all that matters is that he lost mm -hmm. his, his best offensive weapon and then still managed to, to crack the top five of a very, very elite list. Yeah, whether or not you believe in football outsiders DR or um, or DVOA, um, it still is a, a pretty viable metric. And you know, like all other metrics, I will put a disclaimer on there: it is not the end all, be all of skill and talent, etc. Mm -hmm. But it's not nothing. No, it's not nothing at all. Like I don't know. I did a part of the reason you pulled all this is because I just did like a stupid top five without even really thinking about it, where I had Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson, Watson, and Jackson as my top five quarterbacks. It's pretty close. It's yeah, pretty good. Like I, a, like a talent level wise. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I like you can maybe argue about the order of certain players. And like, I'm sure there are people who would make a case for Jackson, not being a top five quarterback, which in whatever, I don't really, I'm not yeah. that invested in this, but yeah. Like, yeah, the thing is, Watson is pretty much consensus one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. And this is, you know, there are only so many of those guys to go around. Um, so the fact that he's suddenly available and, like, at the age of 20, I think he's 24, 26? Very young. He's very yeah, he young. He was just drafted in 2017. 
Yeah, and he's he's not even into his extension yet. He's still technically on his rookie deal. Um, it's and now, it's... yeah, and this doesn't happen. Like it just doesn't happen like this. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I can't. Can you think of any time that a quarterback this good and like with this much of his career ahead of him has been available like this? No, gosh. No, I mean, like, there are moments where, like, rookies, um, there are moments when players who weren't viewed as, like, a supremely exceptional talent at the time of their trade were traded, like, kind of like, kind of like when Drew Brees was just allowed to walk, you know, yeah. from San Diego, like, that was a terrible decision, but at the time, no one really thought of it as a terrible decision. It was just, ah, oh, this is pretty risky, but you believe in the guy you just drafted, which was Philip Rivers. Not a bad quarterback. Had an objectively solid career. Yeah. You know, like, better than half the guys in the league, certainly. Yeah, there's, I can't really, there's no parallel to this in the NFL. No. I don't think it well, exists. Like what's, yeah, and like, what's crazy about Watson is Watson has a no-trade clause in his contract, which is apparently incredibly rare in NFL contracts. Like, it's really, really uncommon, despite the fact that, like, NF like NFL players don't really get traded that much. Like, at least I don't feel like they do. It's sort of an anecdotal, in-my-experience comment, but he's, there's not that many of them that, there's not that many trades that happen. Um, yeah, not in comparison to, like, MLB or the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, like, the N the NFL and the NHL are, like, the least trade-active sports in the United States. Um, they just, there's just not that much that goes on. Like, in the NFL, guys are more likely to just get cut than they are, as opposed to get tra getting traded. Yeah. And if they do get traded, they get traded for picks to rebuild because the team is, because they're on an expiring deal, or the team has just decided to blow it all up. Um, which, the Texans don't seem to be blowing it all up on purpose, but they're doing a good job of destroying it by mistake. Yeah. And, like, mid-season trades are never, at, like, those are always weird because it's like, then you're just taking a guy and then putting him into a new system and, he, and that person's like, what? What's happening? Like, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm a good running back, but I don't know what this play is. Like, and I have to, yeah, it's a whole thing. And they never, they never can actually run in that offense. Like, the way that they would normally optimally run in an offense that they had like an actual season to prepare for. So like, you just don't see it that often in football. Yeah. It's just not common. Um, the last time. So the last like good quarterback, I remember getting traded as good is kind of a stretch as I remember um, Jay Cutler getting traded because Josh McDaniels signed on as the head coach for the Broncos and then tried to trade for um, who was the guy uh, who, Started the year Brady was hurt. Matt was Castle. Matt Castle. Yeah, he tried to trade for Matt Castle and pissed off Jake Cutler, so they had to trade him to the Bears for Kyle Orton. <laughs> wow, Matt Castle. A perpetual bench warmer to that point when Tom Brady was like he was he even warmed the bench at USC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Castle was always has been a backup his entire career, which honestly, I can think of worse gigs. Right, no, um, we're not trying to say he's bad, but it was just an <laughs> odd situation. Of it. Like, a, yeah. like a USC bench warmer never got to play behind liner um, to Tom Brady <laughs> bench warmer, and then Tom Brady gets injured and plays miraculously well, be probably because of a system. 
Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, so Jake Cutler gets traded by Josh McDaniels. And the Broncos weren't good. They were like a 7-9 and nine team. But they immediately, like, right after that, they became like a 6-10 and 10 team, a 5-11, and 4-12, drafted Tim Tebow, and then that all that shit went down. So, like, the team got objectively worse because they dealt their starting quarterback. Um, the next team, like, the and then, so Matt Stafford was also on the block this year. He just got traded today to the Rams for Jared Goff and Picks which yeah. means the Lions are going to be objectively worse. Like, if you trade your quarterback, it's because you're getting worse almost yeah. universally. Um, but Stafford's... Maybe not... Yeah. Stafford's fine. Like, he's Stafford's not... it's fine. He's a, an upgrade over Jared Goff because most quarterbacks are an upgrade over Jared Goff. <laughs> turns out Jared Goff is actually not very good. Um what was it? They he lost the Super Bowl because Bill Belichick real che- realized uh, Jared Goff couldn't actually make any adjustments at the line of scrimmage. He was just saying things Sean McVay said to him. That's that's really bad, man. Like, <laughs> that's really bad. First of all, how you get to the Super Bowl with that glaring of a flaw, like is that's rough. I don't know mm. how he would go through that kind of whole situation without having a feeling of imposter syndrome. Oh, I know, because he's a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Immune to imposter syndrome. <laughs> he, he thought he was perfectly qualified and possibly the next, uh, I don't know, Joe Montana. <laughs> he's like, In fact, is... Joe, Montana, Joe Montana is nothing compared to Jared Goff, according to Jared Goff. He's like, this is going well in spite of me. I must be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared Goff. It's got nothing to do with the fact that we're just going to break Todd Gurley. Oh, that's right. Shit. I feel really bad for Todd Gurley, man. Is he... He's a productive player on, what, the Falcons right now? Or yeah, I guess not fine. now because the, uh, the season's over for everyone except for two teams. But Yeah. Yeah, he was fine, like, but he's never, you know, after the expectations of, you know, that those crazy couple years in L.A., He's not. He has not been the same player since then, but he also got paid. So fuck it. So we we just don't we don't have a comparison for Watson right now. Just in terms of like how good this player will be in his career, and how much power he holds in yeah. given his 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 future. Yeah, I mean, like, I it's just as wild. Like, you don't trade your franchise quarterback like you just don't do that and in fact you generally try to do as much as you can to keep that guy around and keep him happy and it's it's nuts to me that like it seems like the only thing that Deshaun Watson wanted was to be kept in the loop on the GM and the head coaching search and like even if you know the guy they hired I think Greg Easterby is his name um or Jack Easterby or something like that um Let's just call him Jack Donaghy for the sake of <laughs> giving Donaghy. you a mental image. <laughs> they hired Jack Donaghy, so fine. <laughs> yeah, like, even if they were like, we're just, look, we're going to hire this guy. This is our guy. And all they had to do was, like, give Deshaun Watson a call and just tell him that. Yeah. You know, like, this is the guy. This is who we're going to hire. We'd love to, you know, you can talk to him, but this is what's going to happen. All, you know? all, all football Jack Donaghy had to do was have show an ounce of transparency 
to his franchise player with a no trade clause who by the way is very 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 good and also mm -hmm. you know you just might want to know what's going on with the football team that he's in yeah he just wants like he seems like he's invested in you know doing good at football for the texans yeah so he wants other people to include him in that it's just not complicated so then they so they make this uh terrible gm well i won't say terrible like who knows maybe he's gonna turn out to be a great gm kind of doubt it but whatever um and then watson gets pissed um he's been excited and so they try to suddenly call eric Bieniemy to be the head coach even though they hadn't even considered eric Bieniemy before that as sort of a sudden about face to try and cheer watson up doesn't work because they were never gonna hire the guy and now they just have somebody who i've never even heard of who i believe was like a uh linebackers coach somewhere prior to this yeah man I have, everything going on in houston is not not great for watson and no yeah he he's getting out like i they did a they did a press release or they did a presser where they tried to say they're not going to trade Watson, they're going to trade Watson. Mm -hmm. Like a, they're going to. There's no, there's no way you're just because if you go into the season with him on your roster, he's going to hold out. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing is, the only leverage the Texans have is not trading him and forcing him to hold out. Which, if he's willing to do that, then what's the point of not? Like, you might as well just trade him then. Yeah, you, know? like, you might as well get something. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of stuck. Um, and then this no trade clause means also that Watson can sort of pick and choose as trade partners for the Texans if he wants to. Like, he can just tell them he won't go to a place regardless. And given that he's been given absolutely no um, support from the team so far, I don't know why he would then suddenly decide to work with them to help them get the best deal. Yeah. No, absolutely not. That's why I was thinking about this scenario and what makes it so so weird is that like sure if someone like the Steelers can come up with a a package surround you know of picks and um one one or two elite to semi-elite players Deshaun Watson could just say no you know mm -hmm. the 49ers could be like here's a bunch of picks and Bosa and Kinlaw and you know, uh, will you please give us Deshaun Watson? And the Texans go yes, and then Deshaun Watson goes no, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> like it that it can, it doesn't even like when we think about trades, we usually think, does this team have the assets to acquire this player? And this is a situation where we don't have to. We not we. I mean, we could still think that because it still is general trade thought process, but we yeah. we kind of don't have to. It really isn't part of the equation. It's wherever he kind of wants to go at this yeah. point. And we don't really know. <laughs> We're not <laughs> privy to that information. <laughs> yeah, like the Texans don't have a great track record of getting actual assets in return for their players anyway. Right. Like... <laughs> what they view as assets probably isn't really going to work out anyway. So like, it just, yeah, it's just, I have, I have heard Watson's like, I will accept a trade to the Dolphins, which I think would be interesting. Um, cause they've been on the up and up. They've got some good players and all, apparently the jets, which would be kind of wild. Yeah. I, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, but also I don't know. Like, if we, like, yeah, I, the jets, huh? <laughs> yeah. 
sure. Okay. <laughs> Fine, man. Whatever. All right. You know, if that's where you want to go, I'm, I support it. Yeah. It's just, so what's, it's just crazy to see like a player have this much power in this situation. Cause he could totally like hold out. He could also just show up and do a half ass job and force them to bench him and still collect his paychecks. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like that, honestly, I kind of hope he does that. I think that'd be fucking hilarious. That's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have followed a little bit about what people are saying. And like, if you go into the athletic comments, there's a lot of people who are like, well, he should just be happy to be playing football, blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up, dude. Like, there's, <laughs> you know, like the guy just wants to have a good, positive, healthy work environment. He doesn't have that. And he can't, like, the way his labor contract is structured, he can't just go get a different job. Except he sort of can. And he's using all of his leverage to try and do that. Yeah, I hate interacting with fans that side with management owners. <laughs> like, that's always, that's always, like, the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest kind of fan to have interactions with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're out there. They're, I'm pretty sure they're a majority, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it's most of them. It's yeah. really too bad. Yeah. You know, the only power the Texans have is, like, fines and money and trying to recoup his salary for the year. Like, that's mm-hmm. all they can do. Like, if he decides to hold out or decides to, you know, really do anything short of um, just play normal... Yeah. Um, all that like all they can do is try and not pay him. Yeah, I hope he goes to a team that is something that he wants to be on. Because I'm like, I was gonna say good, but it's like if he wants to be on the Jets, then sure, sure, <laughs> fine, it, why not? Whatever, sure. I mean, if Deshaun Watson goes to the Jets, makes the Jets a contender, and like goes goes on a playoff run, like fucking yeah. good for him. That'll make him all kinds of money. Yeah, I mean, he's worth, like, a bunch of wins all by himself anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, completely. Yeah, like, it's... So we talked, too, a little bit about, like, the Eli Manning forcing his way to the Giants from the Chargers and Elway forcing his way from, um... Where was he initially? Baltimore, the Colts drafted. Yeah. Baltimore Colts drafted Elway, and he forced his way to Denver, which is a little bit the same, but not really, I don't think. They are the closest comps to this situation, just because, mm-hmm. um, especially with Elway, you were looking at such a bright future. But then again, you still still didn't know. You have a body of work with Watson. Yeah. Like there's there is a there is a body of work that speaks volumes, and mm-hmm. you didn't really have that with Eli and and Elway at the time of their drafting. You had yeah. the, you had the hopeful idea that they could be amazing. Yeah. Well, and with Eli, like there was no, Eli was going to be an NFL quarterback, right? Like there was no, that wasn't really up for debate. Yeah. Um, It was, and that whole debacle was really about Archie Manning saying he didn't want his, his son playing in San Diego. Um, And so the Chargers drafted him and then traded him to the Giants, more or less. Um, Elway, apparently, I didn't know this, um, although, which is a little surprising given that I should have probably known this, but Elway apparently had a legitimate shot at a baseball career. So it was not a foregone conclusion that he was going to play football at all. He could have just gone to uh, baseball and tried to do that instead. So it was in, um, it was in uh, uh, Baltimore's interest to deal him and get something for him as opposed to just losing a draft pick for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that was back when baseball was still America's pastime, so that you still would have been famous. <laughs> like if you do that now, you're not really famous. Yeah, like you don't. Those are these are the outliers, man. Like even when you look at you know guys we talked about like Cutler and shit like that, those dudes didn't have that much authority over the contract. Like McDaniel, yeah. Josh McDaniels could have just told Jay Cutler to go fuck himself and come play football. Like, yeah. And there was there wouldn't have been much he could have done about it. This is one of the rare moments when suddenly the player has more leverage over the franchise than the franchise has over the player. Yeah, you rarely see, this never happens. This I I shouldn't say rarely happens in the NFL. Yeah. Literally never happens. Literally has mm-hmm. never happened. This type of this type of standoff and um, yeah, it's interesting. It's really cool. Yeah, it's neat to see, and I'm I'm not sure that we're gonna see like a lot more uh, player power develop out of it, but it's nice that there's something that's coming that's that's a net positive for um, player authority yeah. and choosing like where to, where they want to work and what kind of place they want to work for and how they want to be involved in that business. Yeah, it, it would be nice to see systemic change out of it just within with the ways that players and teams and their power struggle. But... Um, I think what teams are just going to do is they're just going to stop giving people no trade clauses and they're going to just continue to have power, which is shitty Mm -hmm. and not good. Yeah. Now the, I feel, I honestly feel that the NFLPA is one of the weaker unions in sports. Um, Like they've done very little to, to protect, especially lower end players. Um, A guy like Watson's fine because he's, at the top of the market, you know, he's one of the best players in the game. He's got one of the best contracts in the league. He's going to, he's, you know, he's well protected in that sense. But the, uh, you start looking at guys who, you know, are in year to year deals who are making, you know, the league minimum and they're not, their contracts aren't guaranteed. They get cut all the time. And that's what happens to most NFL players. If they're unhappy or teams are unhappy with them is they just get chopped. Yep. If you're, if you're, if you're bouncing between the practice squad and like special teams uh mm-hmm. week to week um yeah you don't have any power you right. could like stub your toe and they'd cut you it's unfortunate which is unfortunate yeah it, it really is um and on the opposite end you have what's going on in the nba which is essentially players have more power than ever before um like people actually are referring to this as the player empowerment era um which is actually believed to largely be a byproduct of um the owners putting a maximum salary into place. Um, if they hadn't done that, then there would be less ability of players to move around and decide to play with each other because teams wouldn't be able to pay two yeah. guys at once. Um, and But now, because they can only make so much money against the cap, teams can have two, three max dollar guys and still you know, feel the competitive team around them. Yeah. Um, which is how you get you know the Nets uh, with Harden... Kyrie Durant, how you get um, the uh, Golden State Warriors from a few years ago with Durant, Clay, Curry, um, Draymond, um, how you got the original big three in the Heat, and like also a little bit how you got the 2008 Celtics. Yeah, yeah, that and it is kind. Of, I mean, it is technically, I guess, uh, in a way, the way that they got the 2008 Celtics because the whole thing kind of started with Kevin Garnett, the salary cap in general, which created, mm-hmm. which started the domino effect. Which then, I guess, over ten years later, led to the beginning of the player empowerment era. 
But yeah, it's just the exact opposite in the NBA. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Culturally, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the pow- power dynamics are different in the NBA, and it's 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 pretty awesome. I I quite enjoy it. Um, I also quite enjoy it when people complain about it. Because every time someone wants to do something, there's always a Ryan Rosillo type of motherfucker who's just out there like, is, are they taking player empowerment too far? And it's like, <laughs> no. And like, I didn't even want Harden to go to the Nets, but the fact he made all those people cry by doing it just made me happy. I was just like, oh, shucks. I like yeah, it. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> that makes I love me it. happy. All those, every single one of those people can go to hell. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the the... NBA has like accidentally given their players so much more power over their franchises by limiting their income. Like, you know, because the guys don't make most of their money playing basketball. They use basketball as an avenue to enhance their, their ways to make money outside of it. Um, it's like, if you can, you know, if you know you're going to make a set amount of money and it doesn't matter who you play for, you might as well just go play with the guy you want to play for or in the city you feel like playing in. Like, it doesn't... There's no reason for you to do anything else. So that's what that's what the players are doing. And it's, I find it hysterical that the owners did this to themselves. Yeah, I mean, since there's a cap, you can't make that much money from your salary, but if you're a Kevin Love or a Bosch, um, if you're a Love or a Bosch, it pays a lot of money to be the third guy on a super team. <laughs> all of a sudden, you're one. You're you're associated with LeBron James. You're associated with Dwayne Wade. You you're looking at these. You're getting offers from Gatorade. All of a sudden, like shoe deals a little sweeter. They make you. There's more car dealerships calling you in Cleveland about being yeah. on on TV for them. Yeah, you're making a, way more money than you could have. So like, why not? Why wouldn't you want to be the third guy? Why, who doesn't want to be the... I'm trying to think in the, the Warriors' big three. I'm like, man, they were all pretty awesome. I don't know if there was a... They didn't, have a, they didn't really have a Chris Bosh on that team. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. They didn't really have a Chris Bosh, man. Good for them. Good for that super team. Glad it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. God, it's never coming back. Yeah, I mean, like, there's still... I mean people still try to influence the ability of players to do what they want. Like famously the Chris Paul trade getting shut down by the league where um, Paul would have been traded to the Lakers for, I forget who, but they essentially like yelled, no competitive balance is bad is good. And like nixed that one. Yeah. I hate that. I hate everything about that. It was pretty stupid. <laughs> my, my little note here for that was shaking my damn head. That's what I put in the note for that. <laughs> still mad about that. Yeah, yeah, but that's in some leagues those that's less and less common. In the NFL, you're still looking at a situation where the hierarchy is very rigid. Like the team has power over the player, and the league has power over the teams in a sense. Um, although that's more about the coalition of owners that form the league having power over a given team. Unless you're Jerry Jones, in which case you have power over everybody. Um, yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, um, Jerry Jones is like objectively scary as a person, and yeah. also kind of funny. But then, like the scary <laughs> part, like really, really takes over. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say something like Jerry. They say you're saying Jerry Jones is the Capitol riot in a person. Yeah, but... Funny, but scary. <laughs> He's probably the closest thing to like a House of Cards character. 
that exists yeah, in the real, real world other than actual dc politicians <laughs> i think yeah i think that sounds right fuck it this you know that you know that absolutely jerry jones would hear like some podcast with 200 listeners said something really nasty about him hear that then sue the shit out of us and we'd go to jail yeah that's i don't i don't want to go to jail that doesn't sound fun Me either jail sounds <laughs> <laughs> but jerry jones feels evil that's the that's the uh Kind of is <laughs> evil. Kind of seems that way. Kinda I is. remember when he made everyone, like, his whole team, like, do a, si- a simultaneous momentary take a knee thing with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Jerry Jones. Gross. Jerry Jones is evil. Jerry Jones is gross, at the very least. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Player, like. Anyway, back on, back on task. <laughs> <laughs> How evil is Jerry Jones? Oh. <laughs> An in-depth investigation that's mostly just wild hypothesizing. Evil enough that he passively scares me. <laughs> that's pretty evil. I'd say that's pretty evil. I'm editing my podcast because I'm scared of Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how evil. Uh, there might be some good cold open material. There. <laughs> it could be. We, we, We'll see. We'll see what I can mine out tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, like, back back on to, uh, like, players and, like, player strengths. Like, one of the most effective demonstrations of the player's authority over the game, I think, was actually the 94-95 um, MLB strike. Because the players, like, just walked out um, in order to avoid having a salary cap installed in baseball. Um, a lot of them walked away from, like, the opportunity to do, like, legitimately great shit. Like, Tony Gwynn was about to hit 400, um, and he said um, getting a labor agreement was more important than hitting 400. Um, Frank Thomas was having his best year ever. Uh, some guy who sounds like a... His name sounds like a creative player on the show um, was on track to break the uh, the single-season home run record. Matt Williams? They all... <laughs> Matt Williams, that's the one. <laughs> um yeah, like, just really, really a wild thing, um, which they unequ- they won the strike, like, unequivocally won yeah. it, conceded yeah. nothing. They, um, they won and went everything. Right back to, yeah, went back to playing baseball because I did I had no idea that this was the judge. Sonia Sotomayor, who is now on the Supreme Court, was the deciding judge who said the ownership's, ownership in MLB had violated labor law and they had to continue playing under the previous agreement. That's awesome. I love it. I love it when when a union beats beats the ownership. It makes me happy. Well, the vast majority of baseball fans thought that um, the players ruined baseball forever. Yeah, I do remember that. Where like, oh, I just don't like baseball because of the strike, and I'm like, what? who cares? What do you? <laughs> what do you care how much a Rod makes? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were really mad about a Rod making money back in uh, the 2000s. 2000s. Yeah, when he made yeah. all that money, and everyone's like, boo, overpaid. It's like it's not like you were gonna get that money. <laughs> Like, the money was either going to be in in the Texas Rangers' pockets, ownership pockets, or no one was, or A-Rod was going to get it. I'd rather have A-Rod get it. (laughs) A-Rod was going to get it, or George W. Bush was going to buy a cocaine fountain. One of the two. (laughs) Once again, we'll be editing all sports. No, he talks about his cocaine use. I'm pretty sure W cocaine <laughs> jokes are on the w table. W cocaine jokes are allowed. 
Jerry, yeah, Jerry no, Jones jokes, though. We gotta watch out for those. We gotta be, be kind of scared. Jerry Jones jokes. You don't really want to fuck with Jerry Jones. Yeah, no, like, it's just... Whenever players exercise whatever little power they can scrape up, it's almost universally fans show up to say that they're bad for doing it. Um, which is fucked up. Like, we, this is a point we harp on a lot on this show, just the way in which fans wanna, want to blame players for whatever they see as the problems with sports. And that's not the case, man. It's just a labor dispute about figuring out who gets part of this very large pile of money um, and how much everybody can have. So, hilariously, everyone who's mad about the uh, NBA players and the player, player empowerment era would almost certainly be even madder if players could make more money playing basketball. Yeah, those those people would be would be furious. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the people who are like, senators should make more than LeBron James. <laughs> what? <laughs> Senators, first of all, senators are generally useless, so no, they shouldn't. Whereas LeBron James is awesome. Senators can't dunk. We've, we've <laughs> literally can't. had this conversation last podcast, but it's worth having again. Senators can't dunk. They cannot dunk. Like, yeah, no, there's a bunch of people just want, like, Kevin Durant to have been forced to stay in Oklahoma City for his entire life while living in the trunk of a Honda Civic. Like, that's what they want. Yeah. Somehow that's the purest application of sport. Yeah, fans have... And then they would all turn around and say that Bob Cousy was better than Kevin Durant. Oh, my God. The... Oh, my God. We talked about this early on in our podcast a long, long time ago. The Bob Cousy versus... When Kyrie went to Boston, they bought the Boston Celtics being the whitest fan base <laughs> in the history of basketball... <laughs> Ran a segment asking, "Oh, who has better ha- who had better handles, Koozie or Kyrie Irving?" And it totally wasn't a joke; it was a serious question. Kyrie Irving, <laughs> Kyrie Irving has better handles. Uh, fucking, I might have better handles than Bob Koozie. Javale McGee has better <laughs> handles <laughs> than JaVale Bob McGee Cousy. would put. Javale McGee would put Bob Koozie in a blender. Absolutely, um, he would. Yeah. Ugh. Also, I'm sick of I'm sick of Shaq now. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Shaq sucks. No, yeah, Shaq's a bully. It's weird. It's kind of creepy. Like, why leave Rudy Gobert alone? Like, what what's happening? Why why do you think you need to bully him? I don't know. Also, I'm like Shaq and Chuck just like sit there on inside the NBA and like complain about how players used to punch each other and now they don't punch each other. So basketball is dumb. Yeah, this happens. Is it? Are there like a is there like like something that like a flip a switch that gets flipped in your brain whenever you you like retire as an athlete that makes you think that like or a performer that makes you think that oh everything is shit now like the undertaker of all the people <laughs> just retired <laughs> recently and immediately did an interview where he said that the players were soft because Back in the day, they were fighting all the time, starting bar fights. They were carrying knives and guns everywhere (laughs) and were just hard. And they were just, and this is an exact quote from The Undertaker. Back in my day, wrestlers were men. Men were men. And that was when men were, (laughs) you know, he's just saying shit like that. And like one of the current like WWE guys, Roman Reigns, had to go on an interview and be like, dude, you 
you traveled at the same TSA that we did. You didn't carry fucking guns and knives and shit. There's no fucking way. You're just making that up. I don't know how to respond to this fucking ridiculousness. But it just speaks to this happens in baseball. It happens in all the sports. I mean, we we see it we see it nightly on TNT with Shaq and Chuck just sitting there like shitting on everyone for not being Shaq and Chuck. And yeah. it's fucking obnoxious. I don't know why this keeps happening. <laughs> I don't either. And like, even so, there's a podcast I really like, uh, Knuckleheads, uh, with um, Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson. Yeah, that's really good. Which, it's really great. And they always have like all these old school stars on there. And like, it's, it's fun to hear basketball players talk about basketball. But those guys, too, like, are constantly falling into this trap of like, can you imagine if they tried to send these guys back to the league we played in? And like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know, man. I think that if, um, the uh, 58 Celtics watched uh, Steph Curry pull up from 35 feet. They would not know what the fuck to do. Yeah. Like, like the game changes, man. Get over it. It's fine. Yeah. I They're, they're like, they, they also say things, especially when Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas is on the show, which is usually like one of their better, their better episodes is when Gilbert Arenas is there, just because yeah. he is he is Gilbert Arenas, but there was like, Oh man, players now can't handle like Gilbert Arenas antics. It's like, who cares? <laughs> I've heard of what Gilbert Arenas does. It doesn't sound fun. It just sounds mean. It sounds like he just bullies his coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> he bullied Nick Young into turning into Nick Young. It's like, congratulations. You created a douchebag. Oh boy. Good job. Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas. Arenas clearly at least one point in his life made the world worse. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert Arena's just like it's like he he's proud of the way he treated Nick Young and Nick Young is proud of the way he was treated by Gilbert Arenas. It's a weird, weird situation. And it's like, oh so like man, basically, he's he's proud to be have been turned into a douchebag. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas Gilbert Arenas believes his personal greatest lifetime accomplishment is creating Nick Young so he could cheat on Iggy Azalea. Right. <laughs> and then it. and then Nick Young bullied, bullied D'Angelo Russell into being <laughs> kind of a douche himself. Hopefully that didn't stick. We don't, don't know. know. Where is D'Angelo Russell now? Is he in Minnesota yeah. again or what? I think so. Yeah, he's That's in Minnesota. I think this is the second time we've had a conversation. Where is D'Angelo Russell <laughs> this year? I mean, like, in the year 2021. Yeah, <laughs> He was in Minnesota, and then he went to uh, Brooklyn and was, like, shockingly good. And then he ended up in, on, like, the stopgap Warriors no, team no. and got traded for Andrew Wiggins. No, he was drafted by L.A. Right. And then he got traded to Brooklyn. And he was there mm -hmm. for two years, and one of those years he was pretty good and made the All-Star team. And then he got yeah. traded to the Warriors because Clay Thompson got hurt. And they were like, this could work. And then they really didn't give it a chance to because um, the Warriors, who are very smart, were like, ooh, Andrew Wiggins. And then they traded <laughs> for Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Which, like, I don't think people shit on the Warriors enough for that. I mean, I guess this doesn't really – it's not really fun to shit on the Warriors right now. It's not really, like, nice or good, but, like – No, it's not cool. Like, they're, not, they're not a good team anymore. Just don't trade but... for Andrew Wiggins. That's all you had to do. But they did. And that's neither here nor there. And now um, D'Angelo Russell is in Minnesota, I believe, not winning games. Minnesota seems like the worst place to be playing basketball right now. Carl Anthony Towns seems miserable, although I haven't really heard from him in a while. Um, 
Jimmy Butler uh, bullied everybody for two straight weeks and then demanded a trade. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Butler, when he retires, is going to be like, back in my day, men were men, and it's going to be insufferable (laughs) and shitty. You know it. I, 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 because I, I, Jimmy Butler's so likable, but I could just feel it coming. There's going to be an interview. Also, like, I feel Jim. I find Jimmy Butler very likable, and like, I enjoy his game, and like, I think he seems cool. He also seems incredibly corny. Mm-hmm. Well, he's to me, he's like best friends with Mark Wahlberg, and it's like, yeah. God, you got to stop name dropping the guy who did a hate crime, Jimmy. I really need you to stop. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> If Jimmy, like, Jimmy Butler owns whatever the NBA player equivalent is of the live, laugh, love, throw pillow, like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I didn't really get, I didn't really get his coffee thing either, it was like, so he's charging a lot for coffee, and no one's <laughs> buying it, that's great, I don't know, <laughs> in the bubble. Jimmy Butler's con- just a confusing person to me. Yeah, great player though. Very good player. <laughs> Pretty good on Hot Ones. <laughs> I really enjoyed his <laughs> Hot Ones. I haven't seen him on Hot Ones. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> cool guy. Um, weird, weird Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg friendship. But I could tell he's gonna he's gonna be a douchebag after his career is over. You just feel it. Anyway, to sum up, um, players exercising their power is good. Teams trying to exercise power over players is bad. Every fan needs to shut up and support their players. Yeah, we went off track there, didn't we? multiple we did times. we lost the thread a little bit it doesn't matter. i think it's we fine. do that a lot it's, it's one right. of our hallmarks as a as a podcast is that we go off track as long as long as we've gotten the point across that player equal good owner equal bad shut up um mike from carson city like i think we've got it covered shut up mike from carson city shut up football jack donaghy <laughs> in whatever form those people appear in in anyone's lives in any way shape or form uh yeah well well, football jack donaghy can be excited because um the super bowl is going to happen next sunday which means football is a success and everything is back to normal um oh boy the super bowl (laughs) why do they give us tom brady's in it man I don't know, and like I, now I have to watch Tom Brady play football more. And if he wins, oh my god, dude! Can you imagine how much equivocating Patriots fans are gonna do to try and say that that Super Bowl counts for them too? Actually, oh, they've already done the math. Yeah, <laughs> they've already they've already done the math on that one. Ugh. I could feel it. I could... It's actually half a Super Bowl to the Pats is the thing. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that makes this not as fun for Boston sports fans to harass people about is that um, they only generally like to shit on Laker fans and Yankee fans on the internet, Be not because they just truly hate Laker fans and Yankee fans, but it's because uh, it's the, uh, the only way that they ever get to interact with people of color, and they kind of yeah. need that, and they don't really get that shitting on Tampa fans, so... <laughs> <laughs> I really went a long way for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> you did, but you got there. Kind of, you did like a little S curve thing there in the middle. Boston fans are <laughs> racist. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> We've done it again. <laughs> uh, 
don't know. Like, I also don't want to hear a fucking word about how Tom Brady's still great because he's clearly fine. Like, he's a perfectly acceptable professional quarterback. But like, if he if he was gonna have these receivers and running backs in uh, Boston this year, he would have stayed in fucking Boston. Oh yeah. Like, the the there's the best receiver on um on the Patriots this year was half of Julian Edelman and. Uh, and now he comes come down here with Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, who they didn't even know they were going to have, um, whoever the other guy is who's really good. I, I clearly know a lot about the Tampa Bay roster. The point is, I don't want them to win, um, and that's my main thing. Yeah, I was, I was kind of freaked out when they beat the Saints. Uh, I had already in my brain penciled it in for Chiefs Saints and Super Bowl. I kind of was just like, okay, it's going to be Kansas City. It's going to be the Saints. All right, we'll see Drew Brees have a showdown with with Patrick Mahomes and probably lose, but hey, you know, whatever. And then we get Drew, Tom Brady. Drew Brees looked like yeah, Drew Brees looked like he had like stopped playing football a month ago in that game. Well, didn't he break like 900 ribs this year? <laughs> yes, I think he broke all of his ribs. And then came back. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> that like sounds really hard. <laughs> I stubbed my toe a week ago and took the day off. Yeah, like, I stubbed my toe <laughs> this week and it was the worst day of the week. <laughs> that's that's not an exaggeration. That's what happened. I'm soft. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. I don't like it when my toe hurts. <laughs> <laughs> i've never been a, i've never been a big fan of like uh lionizing playing hurt for guys like no fuck that <laughs> being hurt stupid. sucks it hurts <laughs> it's like uh fucking in the movie friday night lights like booby miles like i gotta play through this acl tear and he fucks up his entire life like that's how that yeah. goes and also, I think Smash Williams did that, too, in the other Friday Night Lights. I think that's right, yeah. I love Smash Williams. <laughs> Good show. Good show. Kind of weird. I kind of, like, I, I've, always, I've thought about rewatching it, but I'm like, ah, I don't know, like, how much of it I'm going to find to be problematic <laughs> in, in 2021. <laughs> or maybe I'm desensitized to everything. Who knows? I don't know, man. Now, bad, like, bad things happen, and I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the way I react to terrible things happening is is absurdly weird. <laughs> <laughs> like something bad happens, and I go, "Uh huh," and I'm waiting for like something even worse <laughs> for someone to tell yeah. me something even worse. I'm like, "Uh huh," and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, the um. My entire life, to me, just feels like the scene in 30 Rock from the Tracy Jordan movie that he wins the Oscar for, where the last scene is like a cop sticks their head in the house, like, your mother exploded. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot all about the the EGOT uh, (laughs) arc. (laughs) Does he ever EGOT? I don't remember. Uh, He does get a Tony, right? I think he gets a Tony. I don't know. Like they, I think they just kind of drop it at some point. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Tina Fey really likes to write the same exact uh, TV show over and over again. 
That's true. <laughs> she really, like, a lot of things from 30 Rock that I remember are really things from, like, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. And a lot of things mm-hmm. from Kimmy Schmidt are really things from that show that Tina Fey made that was pretty much exactly 30 Rock, but with different people. And also Nicole Richie was somehow there. What, was it 2002? No. Like the year. No, it was, was like 2017 or something. Tina Fey made oh, a show. Well, then, why was was no, basically... no, then why was Nicole Richie there? I don't know. Am I getting Nicole Richie confused for somebody else? No, we're, we're talking, talking about, about Paris Hilton's friend, yeah, right? Yeah, we're talking about the very rich person, Nicole Richie. Yeah, like, I thought she stopped being relevant, like, halfway through 2002, just before becoming relevant at the beginning of 2002. Okay, let's see. The show is called Great News. It premiered in 2017, starring Nicole Richie somehow. That's even in the, in the, in the billing. It's like... <laughs> So-and-so, so-and-so, and Nicole Richie somehow in Great News, starring on NBC, Tuesday nights. Wow. <laughs> I, haven't, I have not thought about Nicole Richie possibly ever. Well, I guess Nicole Richie lives rent-free in my brain. <laughs> I don't know how she's there, but she's there. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, do you have a Super Bowl pick? Super Bowl pick. I I yeah. pick Patrick Mahomes to win. <laughs> That's right, the guy. Like that. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if anyone else gets to win that Super Bowl, but I know those two will. Um, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, because no one, no one in my mind is better than him at the quarterback position, and I'm pretty sure I've never seen anyone play it like that ever in my whole life, and I might not ever. And so that's pretty cool to see a thing of that caliber uh, happening right in front of us and be able to identify this as this is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live already. And he's like 25. Yeah, I agree. That's why it will also be the worst thing that could possibly happen if Tom Brady wins by throwing check downs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> it would be a spectacle, though, if he did win. It would be. This, this, yeah, this game's going to end, like, 9-4. to four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope it's high scoring. I hope it's full of nonsense. I hope it's, um, like, like Atlanta, Atlanta, <laughs> Boston caliber. New England, Atlanta caliber. I hope it's... Not necessarily with that type of finish, because that means Tom Brady wins at the end. But yeah, yeah. But like just something egregious. I just want to see something, and I don't want the Niners to have to lose. But I'm glad that that won't be a thing this year. <laughs> that was <laughs> don't worry, not great. Yeah, I don't think they're going. The Niners back have already soon. lost. They've already lost. They've already lost for next year too. It's possible. It's possible. They're running back Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Yeah, I think uh, it's possible. They should trade for Deshaun Watson, man. They should, but like we said before, Deshaun Watson has to want to go there. (laughs) That's what makes it kind of a great situation for Deshaun Watson and also a really shitty situation for Deshaun Watson. It's true. Yeah. Deshaun is a little trapped, and I hope it works out for him. I am rooting for him and no one else in that scenario. Yeah. If he wants the Jets, in fact, I go to the Jets. Hey, man, more power to you. Le'Veon Bell wanted that too, and now he's 
gone forever. <laughs> Good lord, man. Was that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- well, technically, Le'Veon Bell is, in fact, on uh, the uh, on the Chiefs and on a Super Bowl. Yeah, isn't that? So he's literally in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it worked out great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, N- NBA All-Star is going to be a thing. Uh, do you have any players that you want to make the all-star team other than the ones you usually already root for i guess you know not really um i feel like the nba all-star rosters are pretty fixed most of the time like you get you get the stars and then you get like two you get like three three to five slots that are like yeah. for the D'Angelo Russells and Brandon Ingrams of the world. Yeah. I think <laughs> Bradley Beal's having a really impressive season, but um, the oh, Wizards a, I think are he's so a shoo-in. garbage. Yeah, uh, the Wizards are just so garbage. I wonder if they'll anyone will notice. Um, I mean, you know, I've like uh, skipping over like the guys I would root for from the Nuggets. Not really. Like, I'm sure Donovan Mitchell will make it, and I think he's fun. Jimmy Butler's a lock. Um, or is Butler hurt right now? Is he? He might be injured, right? Uh, I'm not really sure. I don't. I I don't really have him on my radar right now. For the East, I've was... got. For the East, I think I have Beal. Yeah, I had. Oh, I had Jalen Brown. That's who I had. I had Jalen oh, Brown and Bradley yeah. Beal. <clears throat> then I had Giannis, Durant, and Tatum in the front court. And then I have McCollum and Lillard, although I kind of think, wish that I went Steph instead of Dame. No, Steph instead of McCollum. So yeah. CJ is cool, but like, I don't know if, I think there's the backcourt in the West is a little too deep for him to make it, I think. Yeah, I, they're still doing the thing where you have to pick three frontcourt people, regardless of the fact that that's not really how basketball works anymore. <laughs> like... <laughs> You have to vote for a center, even though there's only one of those in the NBA. Yeah. it's So I have Jokic, Davis, and LeBron. I mean, I think Jokic is a lock. Like, I don't know how you don't put Nikola Jokic in the All-Star game this year. I, I think he should start. I mean, he's definitely... Early returns on impact metrics have him as an early MVP candidate. But then again, they also have... One of the impact metrics has Mike Conley as the best player in basketball. So, <laughs> I don't know. which he I, which he I has like Mike Conley. I think he Mike has Conley been, is an yeah. underrated underrated player. He has been like very very good defensively and very very effective on f- offensively. He just doesn't have those like kind of like MVP scoring numbers that one would look at. But uh, Jokic does. Yeah, uh, Jokic is actually second overall in productivity. Um, according to Raptor 538, and that's a pretty good metric. So, well, and just like in raw counting stats, he was averaging a triple double there for long a solid, time, solid yeah. stretch. Yeah, which obviously, I, I you know, a, a lot of people like to talk about how Russell Westbrook made that not mean anything anymore, but I'm not sure that's true, man. Like, if you consider it against like usage rates, I think it suddenly means a whole lot. I think if you average a triple double, you are going to show up on pretty much every uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> every every impact list available, and I think it does it does mean something. I think a lot of people get annoyed at the um, the fact that all you have to do is get to double digits in scoring, I guess, and mm-hmm. that for a lot of players um, who get minutes is very easy. It's kind of a given. 
if yeah. you're if you're getting 20 minutes and you're known for your offensive productivity so essentially you can get lucky on rebounds and and assists and then have a triple double i guess in that way it is but i don't know or if you're Russell Westbrook, you can just tell uh, Stephen Adams that he's not allowed to get rebounds, but he has to do all the work to create the rebounds so that you can get them. Yeah, what a fantastic teammate <laughs> Stephen Adams oh, yeah. is. Like, to just be like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, fine, whatever. <laughs> this is just my money you're fucking with, but you know. <laughs> I like you. So it must be like, Russell Westbrook must be likable. I mean, I think he He's is. I be, think right? like uh, people make a lot out of like I guess KD clashing with him a little bit, but I still think they're friends. I just think KD clashes with people. That's kind of his thing. It's... I think I think Westbrook's appeal to a lot of the players is that he's not. He's just like he just treats everybody like they should be professionals. Like I think that's his thing. Like he's like I'm here to work hard. You should be here to work hard. We're all basketball players. We're trying to be pros and win basketball games. Yeah. So, uh, you got any hype drags for this week? Oh, gosh. Um, I pretty much just want to drag any sports fan that supports ownership over players. You're insufferable. I hate you. Yeah, I second that. Impossible to talk to. I I do not relate to you in any way don't like having conversations with you yep. in real I'm, life or on I the internet <laughs> co-signed co-signed indeed all right mm-hmm. who are we apologizing to jerry jones i'm sorry dude <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i was joking. i didn't mean it i didn't mean it you know who we're not apologizing to is the fucking colorado rockies yeah. Oh my God. Worst trade. That is the worst trade in baseball history. Like you sent the best, you sent one of the best players in the league to a different team in exchange for four prospects, the best of whom is a middle reliever, and you also are going to pay fifty million dollars of his salary. Like it's not even a good salary dump, you dipshits. Yeah. God, it's fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, the, he technically underperformed last year, but it was a, it was. Last season, I feel like, doesn't really count. Like, it does count, yeah. but it doesn't count. Like, it counts. Like, the Dodgers won the World Series. That counts. All the stuff yeah, that I mean, you can't, you can't get away from that. But, like, as far as individual performances, in six, they played 60 games. Everything was super weird. Half the league got coronavirus, and then, like, they did the World Series. Like, success! And then that was the whole yeah. thing. And then a baby was on the field. <laughs> <laughs> and then a baby was on the field. Yeah. Fucking baseball, man. Baseball's weird, man. I don't, it's not very good. That would, we, I would go. I would go as far as to say that baseball is bad. I don't know if we. I don't baseball know if we've said that on this podcast before. I'm pretty sure we've said it several times. <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again. All right. I guess we should probably call it. Um, yeah. Fuck the Rockies. They suck. Yeah. Sure. Fuck off, you purple dinosaur mountainous dipshits. <laughs> Pay your players. Worst baseball just, team. Pay just your players win. and suck just, less. Just win Make baseball. An attempt to win. Just pretend you want to win baseball games a little bit. <laughs> Not even pretending. They're gonna trade. They're gonna like trade Trevor's story to like the Houston Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then. For
for a second. And then he's going to want out of the Rockets. And then it'll be a whole thing. And John Wall is going to be like, can we get this fucking baseball player off my team? <laughs> They're giving him minutes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Boogie's gonna be there like I don't know I don't know who Trevor's story is and I don't know why he's here I want to but he got torched in ISO five times yesterday and he played two minutes no lateral quickness no lateral quickness defensive block box plus minus of negative seven in six minutes of game time alright goodbye internet. internet I have yelled at you Wait, long enough